What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. We had one of the best lifters in the world, regardless of what federation he competes in or weight class. Rondell Hunt joined us in a fantastic interview. This was really fun to record. Um, we had the episode about his unfortunate situation with Sheffield, um, him serving an IPF suspension, and he gives more light on that and it's only fair to have him on talk about this because he provides more insights. Um, we had the information, but there's more to it, and Rondell gives us that information. But also, uh, the really, really enjoyable part of the podcast was listening to what he's going to do next. Uh, USAPL Pro Series, what lifters he wants to compete against, calls out a few lifters here and there. That was a lot of fun to listen to. Steve also talks about coaching with him because what gets overlooked a lot because of how strong Rondell is, is how good of a coach he is. And also, we finish off the show with a lifter rating. So make sure you're subscribing to Two White Lights on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review there as well. Also on Spotify and go to twowhitelights.com. Subscribe there and go to the shop. Make sure you're checking out all the Two White Lights merchandise. Show us how much you love Two White Lights by getting some of that merchandise. Also, while you're there, open up another tab and go to Leflar Bros. Use that promo code 2015 to go to com and get yourself the best powerlifting merchandise there is. Making Lee look good from head to toe. Looking good on the platform, off the platform, in the gym, outside of the gym. Leflar Bros got you covered. Make sure use that promo code 2WL15. And without further ado... Here it is, two white lights. As promised, we got with us today one of the best lifters in the world, drug tested or not drug tested. Rondell Hunt is one of the premier lifters in the world. Um, how you doing, man? I am good, I guess. There was a hesitancy. I wonder why. Why was there a hesitancy? <laughs> um, well, I mean, I, I was just listening to the, the preview show that you guys um, made for the Virginia Pro, but... If um, guys listened to the episode before that, but I think they would know why there was some sort of hesitancy um, in that. Well, yeah, I, I asked that question for a reason. Um, so Steve and I, we did that episode. We wanted a clearance once to just like kind of share that because in powerlifting, you, you hear certain things happen, but you don't know if they're true. And we were told by you and your coach that it was true, but... I mean, I thought it was appropriate to have you on because, one, who better to talk about this situation than the person firsthand experience, experiencing it? And then, two, we also get to talk to you as a lifter and coach, and you're one of the people that really want to listen to. But the first question I have, and if you guys want just the, like kind of the background on this, go back to episode 201 and you can listen to it. But the question I have is, how do these conversations get started and then kind of unveil the story from there, like, until you get 
your suspension from the IPF. Yeah. So, initially, after I did the USCPM beat, because basically, I was um, I was more or less off your radar for like years, right? The last big meet that I did and the meet that a lot of people know me from was Worlds 2018. And between 2018 and then the Game Day Barbell meet that I did this year, I hadn't done any meets. Um, obviously, you know, some people like following my training and stuff like that, but that meet kind of like, um, I guess, put me back on the map because I had well out total any other like drug tested 125 slash 120 kg lifter. Um, and it was literally like days after that, um, where, um, I was contacted by SPD about the whole Sheffield thing. Um, they were kind of like interested in knowing what had happened with like the TTPF and everything like that, because uh, a little known fact is that I had a sponsorship offer from SPD back in 2018, but I actually couldn't accept it because it was contingent on me going to the world championships in 2019 and as you guys know i didn't go to the world championships in 2019 so sbdp after they saw me compete in USAPL, they sort of like just wanted to follow up on that and um you know they told me based on the criteria i could be possibly shortlisted as one of the wild cards for um for sheffield um, obviously, I didn't have like a guaranteed spot or anything like that, but I think they had five spots and they were looking at like 15 guys or so, and um, I was on that list. So that's initially how all of this sort of like uh, came about. Okay. So then just describe, so it's not, SBD sounds like contacted you, so it's like, all right, well, if you go back to the wildcard uh, selection show, I guess you guys were onto something there. I was totally like... They're not going to get anyone who didn't compete in the IPF within this year. And, yeah, I, that was that was a cold take by me. Um, so then after that, was there any signs that this was going to fall through? Or was it until that very last moment where it fell through? Um, so I guess in, in retrospect, there were signs that it was going to fall through. Um, because, hold up, I guess... There's a little known fact that, like, myself and Sanjeev, we are almost like, I don't want to use the word hated, but we are very disliked in Trinidad. I, I don't know why, like, obviously before the show, we were talking and, and Steve was saying that, um, you know, we've had good success and recognition in the U.S., um, but it's actually the complete opposite here in Trinidad. Um, mm. I guess the mindset of Trinidadian people is different, and they often feel as if, me as a lifter, I'm selfish and self-centered, and I feel as if I am bigger than the sport in Trinidad, which I am. Um, but <laughs> here's a question: Is is Jack Warner disliking of you as well? Does this come all the way from FIFA down to TTTP down to Sanjeev and Ron Bell? Does it really stem from Jack Warner? So although uh, although Trinidad is a poor country, I don't know Jack Warner, and he doesn't know me. So ah, <laughs> oh, okay. Me and Sanjeev were talking about that because I just watched FIFA Uncovered and then Trinidad is like the, the hub of a big part of the FIFA scandal because of the Jack Warner. Oh. Yeah, of course. I was, yeah, I was yeah. confused there for a second. Uh, so is it just so in Trinidad it's more of an, like just an ego thing on their end where – because I didn't know that. Like that – now some things make more sense because 
yeah, I just would assume that the country's best lifter, and I, my apologies to Trinidad Tobago. I'm sure you guys have fantastic powerlifters there. The one person I know from that country, though, is Rondell. So I would assume the poster boy of powerlifting there would be well-liked. Yeah. So they, um, so, okay, I don't know if you guys know what a, what a usurper is. Um, a usurper is someone who rises up and takes the throne from the king, right? Mm-hmm. So my name on Instagram is Deadlift Lord. There was a guy who they were training and they, his Instagram name was Deadlift Usurper. So that's how not like I am in Trinidad. Wow. Because, yeah, like. <laughs> I, I will say though, pretty badass handle. I got some Game of Thrones vibes. Not that is a granted a little bit of a disrespectful shot, but still, I gotta give props. That is a solid. That is a solid handle to have. Yeah. So that's I guess the, the first thing that was like a red flag as to if this would go well or not, because the current executive of the TTPF, um, we don't have like great relationships with them. Um, so that was sort of like um you know, kind of like a, a red flag as to if it if it would go well, because obviously it's in their hands to make a decision. Because at the end of the day, you know, with me competing in the USAPL, I guess by all rights, they have, you know, the, the, the constitution or the rules to say, okay, you competed here, you're banned. But, you know, if you look at it, I guess, subjectively with all the circumstances surrounding with US lifters being able to switch across and everything like that, you can clearly see that, it was a double standard. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, because they're looking at it through the objective of we don't like this guy, how could we best uh, implement the rules to have this guy suspended, then, you know, they could easily go about that. So so that was the first red flag. Um, but then surprisingly, after our first interactions with it didn't go well, the vice president of the TTPF actually reached out to me personally and was like, hey, we want to meet with you and Sanjeev and discuss the whole thing and see how we can move forward. And this was two weeks out from the curb to classic. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and I, I'm gonna, I want to stop. We'll get to that. I want to back because that's kind of the main thing we talked about was the week of leading into this between game day meet and this meeting you're talking about now. I mean, was there multiple meetings with the IPF and TTP or was this kind of the first time it was really kind of getting going was about two weeks out? Okay, so I, 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 I don't want to like get into this too much, not because I don't want to talk about it, but because the story is very long and it can be very confusing to anyone who you know wasn't firsthand. But basically, the issue with the TTPF and the reason why I hadn't competed in Wills in 2019, also in Wills in 2021, and then why I wasn't competing in the IPF this year is because basically in 2018, around the time when I did Worlds, there was an election held in the TTPF, right? And this election was contested by the two parties involved. Basically, the new executive that was um, elected and the old executive. In this split where the election was contested and they were like, hey, this is bullshit. You guys are actually aren't like the real executive. Both parties were basically operating independently of each other. And the IPF sided with the old executive and then some of the members sided with the new executive. So imagine if like there's an election for a new executive of the USCPL 
And then the old executive who got voted out said, yo, this election is bullshit, it's not like real. And then half the federation splits with either way. That is essentially what happened in Trinidad. And then the IPF was siding with the old one and they were like, yo, until this shit is like sorted out, you guys not going to be able to send nominations at all. Right? Yeah. Um, I guess we kind of know IPF, how that feels. We have pretty much a split federation in America too now. <laughs> the old the yeah. old guard is powerlifting America. And, or I mean, kind of. But yeah, it's they're, they're accepting those nominations, but not the USAPL. So... Yeah, I, I, we, I, we can, we can, uh, we have some empathy here. Exactly. Right. So, as I said, the IPF sided with the old executive slash president, and they were actually willing to accept nominations from her. But what happened is that because of that, the new executive filed a court injunction and took the matter to court, and basically got an injunction filed against the old president, stating that she can't act as the president of the TTPF. So if you could kind of like paint a picture in your mind of the stalemate there, you could see that the IPF, who would accept nominations from the old president, was unable to do so because she had a court order against her. And then the new president, right, who would have sent the nominations, the IPF didn't recognize them. Right. So I, I, I hope you guys follow that because I said it's very confusing. <laughs> right? That makes sense. I got it. I got it. Okay, cool. Steve's so a smart one. Ba- yeah, so that basically <laughs> carried on all the way up until this year, right? Where it would matter. It was still in court. The Trinidad court system is basically garbage. Um, so it's going to take years for that to get, like, solved, right? Now, randomly, two weeks after my meet, the IPF switched, like, their sides and were like, okay, we don't recognize the old one anymore. We recognize the new one. And yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was it was just so kind of like uh, I guess like wild to me to hear that two weeks after my meet because you guys specifically said in emails and in court documents that you only recognized the old president and then you just randomly switched two weeks after my meet and then this new guy that you um, kind of like randomly recognized now retroactively suspends me for competing in a meet two weeks before he was officially recognized by the IPF. Uh, you're handling this with a lot more patience than in, I, I would think. I, I mean, I don't know, like, as soon as the decision made, like, what the feelings were, but, like, this is... Yeah, going through this, there's, like you said, a lot of convolution, just confusion there, but also, you know, towards the end there, did you feel like just at the very last moment it was just a um, ploy for you not to compete in Corrupted and just to keep you away from the USAPL or just to stick it to you in a way? Well, the thing is, I, I would have to think so. As I said, we officially met with them. I had the full discussion two weeks before the meeting. I let them know that I wanted to compete at the Corrupted Classic, and I would appreciate if they give me a response, whether it be positive that you're getting uh, exempted from the ban, or negative that you actually have to serve suspension at least one week out, because obviously I'd have to fly to Texas and everything like that, right? They held off, the communication broke down, 
but simply because they were kind of like, as I said, leading us on, sign up for memberships, you know, things looking good, this is the way forward, everything like that. I was like, you know what, even though I don't have an official response, because of the situation with the USAPL, whereby, you know, I could only do local meets at the time, I was like, you know what, I think I'd have a better shot at doing Sheffield. And, yeah, I decided not to do the corrupted meet. And, and then that week you received word that you were not able to compete or you were being suspended from the IPF Saturday, correct? Uh, when the, when the yeah. corrupted classic was happening. Yeah. Like I was actually watching the corrupted classic live while I was on that Zoom call. You should have, <laughs> you should have on the Twitch chat answered the questions on why you weren't competing <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. about, I don't know, 65% well, of the comments Aaron, were, they would have got hidden in the Aaron shout-outs since yeah. there was 75,000 Aaron Maloney shout-outs. Yeah, there was <laughs> Aaron Maloney shout-outs in the entire chat. Um, then the others like, this live stream is blurry and I can't see shit. And then everyone else like, when's Rondell competing? And I'm like, okay, the only one I could really answer is Rondell, and he's he's not competing for you know undisclosed reasons. Then you get to conspiracy theories. People are like, oh, I think he was dealing with a knee injury. And we were always like, kind of a thing like, Every the word around the campfire, like to the meets, like oh, I think he got into Sheffield, and there's a reason why I can't do the meet. Yeah, it would have been great if you would have dropped in the chat there. It's like actually the IPF suspended me and told me right now, that I that I that I've been suspended. That would have that would have got the chat like completely off the blurry live stream and just focusing on you. Yeah, the the thing is, why I kind of like shy away from like even discussing this. It's because it's so complex and difficult to explain yeah. that, you know, it's just it's just kind of like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I just interested to be honest. So There was one thing, and this was, I mean, because the story we've told so far still is ridiculous, that they would yeah. suspend you on the day of the IPF, or the Corrupted Classic, the double standard, since this is exactly what every USAPL lifter who's going to PA this year is doing the exact same thing you did. But what tipped it over the edge for me is they made you sign up for a membership. Because because I hadn't even been a member of the TTPF since 2019. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I'm lost as to how you could retroactively ban someone when, one, the IPF didn't recognize you, and two, I wasn't even a member of the, the TTPF at the time. So it's just... It's just crazy. And to Angelo's point that I think he was talking about this in the um the show that you guys did before <clears throat> on the topic. If Maria Williams goes to Sheffield, I will I will lose my mind. Are you gonna, <laughs> oh, you wanna riot with me? Alright. I got I got I got another we'll person on the riot team. Well, that's I'm a, I, yeah. All right, you're gonna riot back on. We'll do a we'll do a two white lights riot episode. Alright, alright, we're gonna get ready. Hey, get ready. Houston, Springfield, Trinidad, Tobago. I'm gonna go on the street and riot. Depending on where I am, I'm rioting. So, put up some boards. Maybe put your car in a garage because I'm rioting. And I got and I got Rondell Hunt with me and Steve Denovi. I don't know who could do more damage, Steve or Rondell in a riot. But um, it's guys, join us. Two white lights, 20, uh, 2023, 2022 riot. I've stood next to Rondell, I can do more damage. I, I easily like outweigh him and outhold yeah. him, no problem. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, 
the time I trained with Rondell in Illinois, I deadlifted two and a half kilos more than him on a day, so I got that going for me. I mean, it was it was a tip for me, but I, that was, <laughs> it was yeah, it was it was a clear deload, and it was not yeah. a deload for me. It was a it was an actual serious deadlift workout. Um, but I have that too. Yeah, I mean, you pointed it out, not me. I wasn't going to say anything. You posted on your story. Um, I mean, I I agree with you though. I mean, if Ray Williams gets in, to I mean, there are just so many things, and again, I feel like I've been kind of a Ray Williams hater as of late, and I'm not trying to be that. It's just you have to be realistic with the situation. You are a person who, as it stands, is one of the best lifters in the world, pound for pound. Forget about weight classes. You are one of the best lifters who actually can challenge Bob, Ash, Atwood, anyone who has a good dots, IPF score, any of these. And the Sheffield rules, going above the total record, breaking records. You have a genuine shot of doing that. Granted, I was like, this is going to be problems. You're going to start having people who didn't compete at IPF Worlds this year, I'm telling you. And this is the problem that was foresaw. But then Ray Williams' situation, it, to me, it's the same thing. But then on top of that, Ray Williams, I don't think, has a legitimate chance of beating his own world record. It's... I, I give it next to zero, and it's like then you just have this – you have this showdown that between him and Jesus that I, I – it would be great if it was an actual showdown, but Jesus on his best day I think beats Ray, and that's the only way Ray can win is if Jesus goes like five for nine and Ray goes nine for nine. That To me, that's not a good showdown. You against – I mean, you just lifting weights on a big stage is compelling because we haven't seen it. We've seen you do a local meet. You are powerlifting's yeah. now like hottest free agent. You are, and it's funny because it's not like your powerlifting's best kept secret. Everyone yeah. knows how strong you are. Everyone sends you in group chats. I remember during COVID, people were sending like just your stuff in group chats, and I'm I'm in group chats with Ash, and he's like, "Holy shit, this dude is strong!" Like. It's like, yeah. I really hope I get to compete against him at 105, and it's like, well, Trinidad Tobago, it's really hard to get, you know, people in here. Then we have the whole situation in the IPF and USAPL. Now it's like, we got this guy who is just, is every bit as good as Ash, Bob, Atwood, Petrie, all the top names of powerlifting, and we just haven't seen him compete on a big stage. It's infuriating. Yeah. Steve, is there a way this could happen? There is. I've got one question before we move on okay. to more positive topics because we don't. We already did an episode on this. We don't. I mean, Rondell, as you said, there's a lot more to this, but I don't even think all of it needs to come out. It's just complicated. Fact is, it happened. The one thing I want to clarify, um, because this is where I saw some people uh, coming after me and Angelo stating we were just trying to attack the IPF, and maybe we were wrong on how we described this. I didn't hear about this. Did the suspension? Did the suspension solely come from TTPF, or did it come from IPF telling TTPF that they had to suspend you? It, it, it was a it was a joint effort. In in the meeting, I was actually suspended by the TTPF, but they referenced an email from the general secretary of the IPF, which confirmed and sort of like gave the um, gave the go ahead for the suspension. Okay, simple as that. So I want to clarify. So. Yeah. Wait, I mean, were honestly, you, one of the reasons Steve, I Steve, I'm going to interrupt. Go. Were you told that we were going? Because I haven't got one negative thing about this. Power, lift, power lifting Reddit. 
was calling us bad journalism and saying we oh, were uh, I we avoid were, uh, being irresponsible with how we described it by going after the IPF. Okay, I know Gaston's probably on powerlifting Reddit, so that's probably good. all right. All right. <laughs> um, so Rondell, I'm making an assumption here, but I think one of the reasons you probably wanted to go to Sheffield is the USAPL made no way for you to do anything but local meets. Am I correct on that? At least, at least through 2022. <clears throat> Yeah, that was the that was the main reason for me because obviously going to the uh, going to the IPF has other drawbacks like not being able to uh, come to like USCPL meets and stuff like that, and then obviously like uh, coaching Jamal and stuff not being able to go to his meets. Like I would ideally not want to go to the IPF if I'm being honest, <laughs> but you know because the USCPL only had like local meets available to international lifters, it was kind of the, the route to take. So. There is a path now. Honestly, I think this path existed, and the USAPL has just done a horrible job of announcing it officially or making it clear in any way, shape, or form. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's not official. But it seems pretty official because they kind of made a, a rondelle clause in the recent Arnold announcements of how they would get invited, and there was a very specific clause that the top non-affiliated international lifter in the world – uh, dots wise would get an invite to the Arnold amateur meet because there now is it's not called the raw challenge because it, it can't have a quick lifter too but there's an amateur meet and if you win the amateur meet at the Arnold I think it was 28 lifters total 38 lifters maybe uh, you win a pro card and yeah. so seemingly on that Arnold uh, criteria uh, you're going to get an invite to that that seems pretty set in stone based on the criteria there because it it pretty much look like a Rondell factor or a Rondell stipulation. If you go in there and you win that meet and you have the highest dots in the amateur, you win a pro card. And that is also makes the Arnold how it works is the Arnold is the first meet of the pro series in 2023. So you'd actually be in sense head to head in the points against Ashton and Bob and Petrie and Austin. Like you wouldn't actually be competing against them since they're in the finale, but let's say you've outdots all of them. You'd actually get the 50 points at the Arnold if you won your pro card over them because the, the, the points are between all three meets. Yeah. Then, again, this was allowed this year. It just was never really a clear path. Um, international lifters can compete as guests at USAPL Raw Nationals, which you have to compete at Raw Nationals to be part of the pro series. That's the one required meet because that weeds it out because otherwise you could possibly just do the VA Pro and the Arnold, compete against what we'll call a lesser competition and get higher points. Nationals is required because everyone has to be there. So therefore, like it, it weeds people out who maybe don't deserve top level points. You can compete as a guest lifter at Nationals. And but you would be within the pro series since you are a pro. So again, you wouldn't be able to compete directly head to head against other people in your weight class, but you compete directly head to head in the sense of points and dots against everyone. And so therefore, if you were then top ten, which I think that would be very very likely uh, um, within the pro series or the point series for 2023, you'd then get in the finale next year because the finale is not USAPL US. That sounds weird to say USAPL US only. It is USAPL international. They just really haven't clarified it. So yeah, I mean, I seemingly that should happen next year. And I I mentioned on my story, I mean, we, we would have potentially Ashton, Bob, Petrie, Perkins, Rondell, maybe Russ, if he ever decides to do it, maybe this, this will kind of push him to be like, okay, maybe the finale matters a little bit. Jamar, Sean, 
Uh, I'm, I'm leaving a couple out. Angelo, obviously. I, Thanks. I'm going to say it. That's that's a more stacked lineup on the men's side than Sheffield is, if we get that. Yeah. Am I wrong? No, it's uh, 100% I agree with that. Yeah. But um, even, even in this upcoming on, although even though, as you said, I'm not like directly competing against um, Bob Ashton, um, and those guys, I, I will be competing against them in my, my mind. So, obviously, mm-hmm. I'll be watching their performances in the evening after I compete. Um, so, yeah, the goal is to, to put something up that they hopefully can't beat. Just, yeah, just the mere fact that you're competing at something that's not a local meet is good. You know, yeah, like, that's sure. what that's really what we need because... Actually, I wanted to ask you this because drug tested powerlifting is clearly you know what you want to do, and you know it, if you have the opportunity to compete at Sheffield, then you'd be crazy not to entertain it and you know probably accept it. But yeah. I always wondered because you do coach a lot of people in the WRPF and USPA. I was like worried for like, I'm like man, we might lose this guy to the WRPF and USPA if like we can't figure out something. Is, is it, was that something that you ever thought of as going to an untested fed like um, some of your clients do even though you are drug tested and just competing there and putting up numbers because I, I don't know how you know you can do it with just being off the platforms for so long and being so good yeah so um, if you look through like my Instagram page you would see that like um, a couple times I posted invites from different meets that I, I got invited to. So, like, uh, um, the showdown meet WRPF in 2021 um, in Kansas, I was invited to that. And I, I, I was I was all out ready to do it because um, Brandon Striegel, he was competing there. Jamal, he was obviously competing there as well. So I was there and I was invited. Um, I just didn't compete because, I, I don't know, every year since 2018, I just felt like if I had unfinished business in... <clears throat> the IPF and unfinished business and drug tested all of them as a whole. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So to me, I, I didn't want to kind of like, I, I don't want to say like tarnish, but it's like because of how strong I am, if I do a WRPF meet, everyone would be like, okay, well, he's going to, he's start to take and get, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like, I didn't necessarily want to do that because I guess in the years previously as well, um, kind of like, you know, 2019, 2020, 2021, um, it was like a little bit more taboo. Like, imagine if I did a WRPF meet in 2019. Well, like, yeah, you would get would, a, you would get that banned. Yeah, you, you, know, you, you would be suspended outright for that because that would be, I mean, you're competing with Jamal and that's, that's really why, you know, a lot of people like, if you say you did get the world nomination spot, you'd be suspended. So. Yeah, exactly. So, um yeah so that's kind of why i didn't do it but it was something that crossed my mind and to be honest maybe the whole thing between like the usapl and the ipf didn't happen um and like shit was still going on with the ttpf as it is um i would i would have probably done like a wrpf me just because yeah like i i need to compete you know what i mean so yeah it, it so going into, you know, now we have like a, uh, you have some sort of path to compete. Who's on the list? Who are you, who are you looking to beat? Every single person who, uh, who's, who, who, what's the goal right now? 
If, if yeah. you're Russ, if let me put it this way, if you're Russ and you're going to put someone's YouTube channel on the TV while you train for motivation, who's 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 lifting videos is going to be there to fuel you. So the thing is, um, I think my biggest competition and one of the guys who motivates me the most is Bob, um, and he motivates me in like two ways. One, because he's obviously like a great lifter, and I think he will probably have the second highest dots next year um, <laughs> uh, behind me. Um, so that's one way. And the next way is just because like he hypes me up that much. Like, I don't know if you watched his YouTube video where um, we, were, we were in Corrupted um, together, but like Bob really believes that I am like that guy. And I feel like I have to like live up to that expectation just to push him. So yeah, like Bob is the guy who motivates me the most. But in terms of, like, uh, being motivated from, like, a negative perspective and, like, almost, like, deep kind of, like, anger and passion, I watch, like, Taylor Atwood videos. Mm. Like, I, I, don't even, I, I don't even, like, smile or be happy while I'm watching them, but it's just, like, I just really want to dethrone this guy because I feel like he's extremely, uh, like, full of himself. And I feel like he thinks he is just, like, the pinnacle of all of them. And I... I'm, so yeah, those two guys. Yeah. Let me know if this is true. Like when you're going through training, maybe you're injured and you're dealing with something bad. Do you find that it's actual good and it means growth? And then if that's true, that's great. And if things are great, spread <laughs> the positivity. All right, was that a direct quote from Russell Wilson or? Yes, that was from Russell Wilson. <laughs> okay, if it's not a little Russell Wilson e, I don't know if that was Russell Wilson or someone else. Um, oh god. <laughs> yeah, well, alright, um, I, yeah, just, personally, when I saw the video from Taylor Atwood, I'm like, it's, it seems like he doesn't know who you are, based on, like, what he was saying, because I'm like, he's like, well, you have to take a flight in order to, I'm like, dude, he's not from America, what's, do you not know that? <laughs> like, like, it's like, you have to go overseas, you have to train in a different country, like, He's not American. What's wrong with you? How do you not know this? Like, what bubble do you live in where you don't know that, you, like, one of the best lifters in the world is not American? Like, and then I'm like, you've yeah, heard I, him, sorry to do this, so, but you've heard him speak, right, Taylor? Like, at least once? You kind of tell that there's a little bit of an accent there. That was that was my thing on it. So, obviously, for the game day barbell meet, I had to fly, and then drive three hours the flight from um trinidad to houston is almost six hours and then i had to drive three hours and, and stay in um in austin and everything like that and do the two all way right and then obviously back in 2018 when i competed in canada it was more or less like the same thing so i i'm just like lost as the, the points that he makes um <laughs> And it, it's just, it, like, I don't know. I don't know if anyone angers me in Paul Lifton more because I, I, I don't know. <laughs> it is. Oh, no, I, I, I get it. Because, it, no, it, watching that video, I was talking to some people at the gym and we're like, he just seems so lost at times. When, like, especially during this. I'm like, he just yeah. said he had to take a flight, which I, I that still infuriates me when IPF lifters talk about it. They're like, they're, they're so much better than me because they fly out places. Like, okay, guys, like. We get it. Like flights are hard, um, but yeah. I'm like, like so lost here that you don't know that the person to compete in America has to fly 
just to compete in America and do these meets. How about we go 2018 when you, you <laughs> flew to Canada and didn't you out-total the open class as a junior? Or you almost out-totaled them? I flying there. You had to fly there. And I missed my last deadlift, which I pulled a year before that. So, I yeah. And anyway, but um, I think one of the things that, like, um, <clears throat> I guess, like, gets to me the most about uh, Taylor, <laughs> and I, I don't want to keep, like, like bashing on him, but I don't know, like, he really, like, oh, you mentioned, like, he's a standard up powerlifting and everything like that, like. I really want like both me and Bob to own the next year. Like that is that is my dream, to be honest. Yeah, that'll. Well, yeah, that'll. Uh, I mean, I understand it. I respect it in your perspective because if I was in your shoes and somebody said that about me, I'd be like, "Whoa, what? You're just wrong. Like you're just wrong about things. Like I'm not. I'm not going to take away from what he is as a lifter." And, you know, being like, "Oh no, I'm better than you." If you would have, yeah, I guess that video would have been like, I, I probably wouldn't even talk about it if Atwood was like, "I'm better than you." That's a that's yeah. a totally fair way of looking about things, especially you know. I mean, you do the same thing, you know. Like Bob does the same thing, Ash does the same thing, where they're like, "No, I'm I'm gonna win," because that's what competitors do. They believe they're gonna win, but saying certain things that are simply not true is uh, it. It can be infuriating, and uh, yeah. On the point of like um like IPF lifters, like US IPF lifters, um, who say that like you know they talk about like having. St- flights and you can't compare exactly exactly everything like that right i feel like those are the same guys and specifically i want to call out chance mitchell for this those are the same guys that like maybe a couple years ago would say that usapl nationals was greater than worlds those are the same guys that's a fair take very fair take all all of a sudden because of the split is like oh "Oh, no we Okay, you know, X, Y, Z. Oh, direct quote. Taylor Atwood. On two white lights. Underrated, overrated. IPF. Overrated. USAPL. Underrated. The guys in the U.S. This is a quote from Taylor Atwood. And Atwood, I know you've been upset with some of the things that were said on two white lights. Not from me. Particularly Steve Denobi. He said that on the podcast. I fairly lie. (laughs) And you were... And yeah, you... Uh, you were right on that, Steve. Like, he, he did say the 82 and a half, whatever, or 83 th- stuff. But he said directly, USAPL is underrated because the guys we have here are better than what we see on the international level. And at nationals, we have a possibly a better crop than the IPF, which is overrated. He said that. Yeah. He said that shit on the podcast. I will go back and I will get the direct quote. But the, the one thing that he said, USAPL was underrated, and whenever you call something overrated, it's a negative. So, yeah, that's that's an excellent take there, Rondell. Delivered it perfectly, too. I, I do think that a lot of people in the USAPL had their, you know, their stance, and now um, it's going to be a few years, they're going to say Powerlifting America Nationals is better than Worlds, depending on who goes over. So it's, yeah. it's going to be a, a vicious I'll- cycle. I want to bring up one person that you didn't mention because it's as of right now it doesn't really have any direct comparison. But uh, if Jesus Oliveras was to come back to the USAPL, I know one thing him and Joey have kind of talked about is how horrible good lift score is for him, and like yeah, he has to total like twenty six fifty to even like compete with all the other. If he was back in the USAPL right now, he would be only three dots points off the Austin Perkins for number one. Mm-hmm. He would actually be able to compete. Like if we if we added it, we had Bob, Ashton, Jesus, and 
Rondell. Let's talk about the actual people lifting 2K plus, not comparing 74 kilo lifters to 120 kilo lifters. That would be the greatest foursome duo and matchup ever I, I, in powerlifting history, I feel like. Is yeah. Bob, Ash. Oh, add Keenan in there too. Get Keenan in there. Keenan Lee and Rondell and Jesus. And just the total amount of weight lifted and Jesus actually being able to compete because Dots is fair to super heavyweights. Yeah. That that would be very, very interesting for me to see. I think that would be my dream scenario. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus is also a guy that um that motivates me a lot because I wanna have the heaviest truck tested deadlift ever, but he is obviously making that uh, issue. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I, uh, that would. Yeah, I'm gonna echo that, Steve. That it would be an actual like meeting of the titans, because it's not because every year. I mean, it seems like the live stream views are you know cut up with Russ and you know the 83 kilo and 82 and a half kilo weight class. But I think that would actually kind of break through that whole thing. I mean, you have big weights lifted. You have you know your your balance of super heavy weights, but also kind of those. Um, light heavyweight lifters, like I like to call them. Um, that would be something uh, I will definitely watch on repeat, possibly. Yeah, if you just talk about viewability, like if people don't really watch power up and they just want to see the most weight lifted, and that would be the group of people that would just frankly just lift the most amount of weight and just be the most fun to see, which is huge, massive lifts. So, Azusa yeah. hey, Joey, if you're listening, you should look and calculate dot scores because... Uh, Do math. You'd find, you'd find that uh, dots would be much more uh, appealing to a super heavyweight lifter. Yeah. But uh, before getting, there's one thing I want to talk about that uh, I already mentioned Rondell, obviously, but we haven't talked about it on the podcast. But before I get into that, was there anything else, Rondell, like USAPL or like future plans wise you kind of wanted to bring up? I know uh, Sanjeev mentioned, like, obviously they're trying to expand affiliation and possibly getting a USAPL Trinidad down there so that it makes it a lot easier for the kind of the crossover. Because um, I know, I don't know of them, but just I, I talked to Sanjeev more because we, we go back and forth on the coaching stuff a decent amount, but he's mentioned a lot more strong lifters down in Trinidad that just aren't well known. Yeah, there, there are some guys, um, there's a junior 120 kg guy. Um, just at this last meet here in Trinidad, he uh, just missed the 793 deadlift. Um, so, yeah, some pretty, like, strong guys. Nobody, I don't, I don't think anybody else in Trinidad has, like, over, like, a 500 dots. But, um, yeah, there's some strong, like, single lift guys in general. So, yeah, hopefully next year um, the plan would be to... Uh, former USAPL uh, federation here so that that way we could have like more um i guess like representation um on an international level from like trinidad and lifters so all right yeah that's all good right. news right there well, well last thing i wanted to bring up and this is, is frankly i think you're underrated in this aspect um and it's it's partially because of just how good of a lift you are but it, strength Studio TT. That's the that's you and Sanjeev's coaching team, correct? I'm saying that that's the correct uh, saying. You yeah. guys coach a lot of stud lifters, and you, you kind of alluded to it earlier. You coach a lot of U.S. stud lifters. I, I can't think of any international coaches that coach more U.S. lifters than you guys. We kind of, I think we've kind of adopted you as, as U.S. citizens at this point. Like that's probably that's probably why Taylor yeah, doesn't you, realize you aren't from the U.S. Yeah, when are you moving to Houston, Rondell? As a, as a Texan, you're, you're basically from Texas. Yeah, at this move point. to Houston. I know yeah. a very good real estate agent. 
a, a lot of people um actually who like they see me training in like the strength studio like shed that we have um they think that that shed is located in like rural texas and uh, <laughs> and every now and again people actually think that it's, it's north that. it's north texas yeah. that's all that is um uh, I'm just going to shout out some of the lifters you can add to it. Obviously, you have a lot of lifters from high level to local level, but just names that I know. Obviously, you coach Jamal Browner. I think that was probably the the, the most notable one. Now, I might get mixed up on just I think Sanji might coach this. Some people are missing. I believe you coached Liam Newell, correct? That's me, yeah. Uh, Sanji of coaches Marcus Adudu and Justin Rogers. Uh, who, who else? I know there's plenty more. Who else am I missing that's, that's notable that our, our listeners would probably know about? Um, I coach Johnny Kaufman, uh, Brandon Striegel, although he's like on like a hiatus from powerlifting at the moment, he's doing, um, it's like training to be like a firefighter. Um, in terms of more notable guys, uh, I, I don't know if you guys know this uh, guy from Germany, he's a, a pretty strong lifter, Pascal Sokol. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sanjeev coaches him. Um, okay. And yeah, a, a couple more guys, but in terms of like highly notable guys, those are probably the um, the ones that you would you would know. And uh, how did the, I mean? Again, I'm, I'm going back to the fact that somehow you've done an amazing job within the U.S. market. How do you feel that kind of translated? When did you feel like there was like this tipping point of Strength Studio TT becoming uh, kind of a uh, one of the top coaching teams in the U.S. and the world? And how did yeah. that all come together? Yeah, so um, initially, uh, one of our first clients back in 2019, probably a month after like we expanded online, was Jamal. Because actually what, what happened when Jamal was still in the USAPL, um, I was actually supposed to compete against him in the 105s, and he knew me as like this like really strong guy. So then when we expanded online, he was just like, yo, I, I want to get coached by you. And I was obviously kind of like taken back by that because we never even spoke and I didn't even knew, know that he knew me. Um, so with Jamal on board and then obviously like uh, with my lifting as well, that was kind of what like initially gave the brand like a, a big push. Um, then we kind of got on guys like um, Liam and stuff like that who... Uh, you know, it just kind of like, I guess, gave us like a face in the US. And then as things started like to clear up with the pandemic and me um, kind of like traveling across the states and then competing in the US APL and everything like that, our business literally kind of like, uh, I don't know, it, be, it, it became kind of like a US based thing whereby we don't, uh, in terms of our entire athlete pool, we probably have two athletes from Trinidad. Well, Which I, is I'm I'm going to make some assumptions here just because I, I I coach some international people and I've also had I can't think of a country that too many countries that I haven't had someone reach out. One of the bigger issues, like coaching a lot of lifters internationally, is exchange rates and the cost of coaching in the U.S. versus what they can afford there. Like I charge two hundred fifty dollars for coaching. That would be asinine in some of these countries to where that might that might be more than their housing payments cost. Like there's no way they could ever afford 250. I I don't know if that's a similar situation in Trinidad where like, maybe it's not as much of like a feasible, like career path there because they're just one isn't 
the pool of lifters or to um, the money. But the U.S. just has so many lifters. We have the money and people are somewhat willing to pay. So, I mean, I, it, it's, a, it's a great market, obviously, to get into. So I don't know if you, you felt like that was kind of one of the reasons you traded that or, or maybe it's just more just the talent pool in the sense of the U.S. has just so many more lifters than anywhere, everywhere else. Yeah. So initially, when we started off the coaching, our rates were like like dog cheap. Um, we charged seventy five dollars a month. So the exchange rate from uh, USD to uh, TT is seven to one. So basically, that would be like about five hundred TT or so. And the average salary in uh, Trinidad is probably like around twenty five hundred US a month, right? So it's not like terrible, I guess, to charge seventy five dollars. But obviously when you see like a lifter that you like who's charging that cheap, like from a US perspective, it's like, oh shit, only 75. You would have like a, a influx of lifters from the States because it's way easier for them to afford it. Um, and then obviously over time, all like prices went up and now it's to the point where it, in order for someone to come and like use our gym on a monthly basis, we charge probably like $50 US as an in-person here in Trinidad. But our coaching is like 200 online. So you can see the difference that we have to charge here um, locally in terms of what people could afford to actually use a gym and get coaching versus just like online coaching internationally. So I guess it's a bit of a barrier, but um, there are people from Trinidad who could afford it. So. Yep. And I know you guys probably, I mean, from what I know from talking to some other coaches who expanded on this, it's it's kind of the passive revenue that can kind of make powerlifting coaching. I want to say it's lucrative, but like one-on-one powerlifting coaching has this cap of like what you can do. There's only so many people you can coach, only so much you can charge. Um, how 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 did the the app come about? Um, I know you've got the app now with Jamal and Sanjeev, and I, I got to figure um, with a lot of what you're doing um, that might be a, a nice little side gig that's going on. Yeah, it it, it is pretty. Um pretty good we, we don't necessarily well we sorry we haven't launched the app just yet um okay okay just the programs then yeah because the app is actually something that like we custom building from scratch so we put a lot of like time and effort and money into that but right now the programs that we have are just like excel spreadsheets um initially that came about because jamal wanted to make more money and he also didn't want to coach <laughs> so <laughs> He was just kind of like, you know, um, we can maybe like try out these programs. And then we did the first version of his intermediate program and people liked it. And now, you know, like two and a half years later, that program has five volumes and like we got better each time. So it, it just really just kind of like happened like naturally like that. Um, but yeah, it is it is pretty um, profitable. We have a, a lot, a lot of guys who love the program. So very cool. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, yeah, that's good. That's good information to have because you know I, gonna this is like the second straight episode. I'm gonna call it Marcellus, and I can't do that because I'm technically his boss, right? He's a he's a two white lights athlete. But yeah, Marcellus kind of prides himself on being uh, the you know what the the guy in powerlifting coaching and a high level powerlifting coaching that's still uh, that still competes and competes regularly and competes relatively well. But you know, I, I think at times he forgets you exist. Yeah, well, I think Mark is more towards like the side of mainly being a coach, but he competes. Um, but as Steve said, I, I kind of see myself more as a coach, but I think people see me more as like a good athlete who also does coaching, you know? 
Actually, interestingly enough, I heard about you as a coach first and not an athlete. Um, Steve knows this. I did pick up like following powerlifting in 2019 or in, like late 2019 too. Where like even IPF Worlds, I was like, yeah, couldn't so really. He, 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 Angelo just found on this episode that you competed at 2018 Worlds. He didn't know prior to this. Didn't I? Honestly, didn't. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not joking. <laughs> <laughs> I know you compete. Like, yeah, because I did not watch any of. I didn't watch really any of powerlifting in 2018. Like, I would somewhat keep like I, if I, something gets reposted, maybe I'll see it. Maybe <laughs> I won't. Um, I don't even think did I have it. Yeah, I did have my Instagram page then, but um, yeah, it was. Yeah, I just I I attached it. I'm like. Oh, like that guy's really strong. I've I've heard of him coaching before, and that was kind of how I how I got it. But then, yeah, after that, I'm like, and then seeing more videos, I'm like, wait, is like this dude is legitimately one of the strongest people in the world, right? And people are like, yeah, he's uh, he's a beast. And then that's how I found out. That's how they were telling me about the Trinidad Tobago situation with the IPF, um, where it was like, like what what does he compete under? And then it's like, oh, it's a real. I remember that whole thing being like even confusing at the time, and people being like, "It's all fucked up, man." Like that's what they would always say. It's like it's fucked up down there. It's fucked up in between them and the IPF. Yeah, I, I never, I never knew the situation until now because I, I knew there was something political going on, well, but I didn't know about. The well, not not the, the not the specifics. Yeah. I don't know the specifics. I just know like they're like, dude, like they just they don't know if they can get a team at IPF Worlds. I'm like, oh, okay. I don't need to know the specifics to know like that's uh. That's that's not the best situation to be in if you're a lifter. Yeah, it's crazy. What you, what you guys think? Do you guys think I should do like a a YouTube video just like detailing? Because like I showed you guys your write up that I did. You guys think I should do a YouTube video with like detailing the story? Because a lot of people don't know like the actual specifics. Um, or you guys think it's just like I should just you're, move. You're oh. asking, do you want YouTube views or no YouTube views? Yeah, pretty much. Or not no YouTube views, but like. And, do, do you want YouTube views? That's the question we're, you're We're going to be, and also we're going to be like, well, yeah, post the link of the podcast episode you did with 2i Lights, so hopefully that gets a bunch of clicks on ours, so it's, no, it's really, whatever whatever question, or whatever answer we're just going to give you a, how can this benefit us? And then we rub our hands. If, if I'm being serious, I'm being unbiased. Yeah. If I was you, I probably would move on because... Uh, since we decided to out it, because that's kind of our uh, our, our way of uh, getting views, of talking about this kind of drama. Um, I think it's out there enough now. Obviously, powerlifting Reddit had a whole entire thread on it. Um, yeah, I got to read that. I, I, if I was you, I would probably just be like, yeah, it's time to focus on beating Bob. Let's let's do this now. Like, refocus that. I, I pro- That's probably what I'd do, because I, I don't know if you get too much out of uh, going too much in depth, I think. I think you agree. I mean, you, you reposted what we talked about in the last episode. I think we we probably on that covered the main points that people would need to know about if they really cared. And from there, I mean, that's why we talked about it some, but I wanted to make sure we talked more about your, your lifting and your coaching and the positives because that's what's going to carry you forward. And the Arnold, hopefully, if all goes well, the Arnold will 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 be what we need to, to get past everything. Good Lord. Good job. I definitely take that advice because I was really torn on like this video. Like, should I do this? Because it, it would take a lot of like effort. But yeah, I would probably just like move forward. To be honest, yeah, that's yeah. A, that's a long thing to chronicle too. I mean, yeah, 
it's um i think this is a uh, kind of just my own personal things i i kind of regret being in a position where i know like the inside information and the po- politics that go on in powerlifting i think it was much yeah. better when i was just oh, a yeah. naive 100%. person like now like 100%. within this within this past 2 weeks cuz Again, people, well, I haven't read the Reddit thread, and usually it's a mixed bag with Reddit. We talk about the USAPL, too, and there's things in the USAPL, like, in an inside thing where I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Like, I wish I just didn't know this, because it just makes me a cynic for the sport that I love. And you and it, it, it hurts because we know the potential the sport has, and weightlifting and lift being strong is a universal that can get a lot of people into it, but then you hear the things that go on from like other federations and this stupid petty shit that goes on um, it, it, between you know lifters and federations, and you just have no choice but to be a cynic. Um, so I would like it's good to know these things at times um, because you, like you kind of do have to report on certain things, but I would much rather you do YouTube videos saying how. If, like your training progress, what you're doing to make your training better, and how you're going to beat the best lifters in the world. I, I want to go back to that. I want to go. Th- there's a point where it's just like I'm just going to go and focus on me being a naive, ignorant lifter. Where <laughs> you had preconceived notions on the IPF and USAPL, yeah. but who knows if they were true? And then you get into it, and you're like, oh, okay, a lot of the shit that I thought of. Um, is true, and there are some like yeah. just dumb things happening at, at federational levels. Yeah, because I mean, like, this just—I agree. Like, I wish I was naive, but like this situation, just like every situation, we didn't try and find this out. Someone comes to us, and they—they want to tell <laughs> us because we, we, it, we get to be the ones that say all the bad news and the drama. There's even one we're not going to talk about it. Yeah, the person asking us to talk. There, there's a pretty bad one with the USAPL right now. Yeah, hate it. Bad. Hate it. Not. I might hate it even more. Yeah, I, but we were asked not to talk about it, so we're we're not going to bring it up. But that one came to me too, didn't that? And just people like yeah, messaging it, us. People are, and it's uh, <laughs> it's just just negativity all day. People we, were we, specifically we, we, told, I think, not to tell us things. Like, yes, just don't that has tell. Been said too, not to tell us things. Do not tell too. I like shit. And we're <laughs> like, yeah. At this point, I'm like, yeah. Don't tell us things to a. Actually, no. I'm gonna go back. You can still tell us things because you know, we got we, we we got to wet the beak a little bit here. But uh, but still, it's like God. It's 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 less focus on you know the things that I love about the sport, which is just people competing against each other. Like you talking about your competitive streak against Bob Atwood. You know, Jesus, how they motivate you. That actually gets me excited. Like I I'm like oh nice. I get a conversation. That's why I love training with Petrie. It's like those conversations of like. Okay, this is what I could do to beat this lifter. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm playing a sport. I'm not into the. Yeah. I'm, I'm playing a sport again. I'm not into the politics and you know knowing all these things. And one way to make well, people forget what. Well, talking about positivity and like highlighting these matchups, I'll bring it up real real quick because it's something we haven't talked about. And Rondell, you probably don't even know about this. Um, <laughs> I don't know how. I guess yeah, I'm allowed to talk about this uh, fully. So Bryce Lewis has. Mm. I don't know if he's been hired, but he is. He is now part of USAPL. Um, for the broadcast and production head. He's going to be handling all the live stream and 
all of like the media broadcasting for pros in particular, especially and all the bigger meets in prime time. Um, an email was just sent out last week about how, um, and they're, they're going to be getting headshots and media interviews at nationals and all these big meets. Um, they're going to be sending out people, videographers to document training for people. So they have highlights for the productions and displays and the pre-meet high bunch of stuff they sent out. We'll probably do a whole episode on it. Obviously you didn't get that email cause you're not a pro yet, but the things that they want to do with that, there's so many like you when your pro car at the Arnold, when they can start doing like actual, like, uh, live interviews and in-person stuff and, and having someone send someone down to watch you and Bob train at corrupted strength and hype it up. There's just, there's so many cool things we can do with that because, um, it, it yeah, that, that's the storylines people want. It's not fun just to show up to a competition leave. It's, it's the background to it that really makes a lot of the fun. So, but yeah, hopefully that'll be a little bit, I think I mentioned to Bryce, maybe we'll get him on eventually, um, and talk about that so he can clarify the full details of it. But the, what they were, doing there sounds really cool. I mean, it sounds like what a lot of SPD wants to do with Sheffield that the IPF is never going to do because the IPF just wants to go to the Olympics. But the USAPL now wants to have that as like a mainstay with all of their pro meets and their prime times and, and big stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Positive. Didn't uh, Bryce Lewis just switch back over to PLA? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. yeah. That's apparently allowed. Damn it. Rondell. All right. <laughs> 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 Of this, I'm like, yeah, this is oh, awesome. I like, I, I, I like, do, when he said that I, email, I'm like, this is cool. Like, talking, this is really talking, cool stuff. But talking, yeah. or, uh, actually, Angela, you know about this. Let's just fill this out real quick uh, because we have not talked about this. And Rondell, you'll find this interesting probably as well. Um, I was reached out to about some situations that have been overlooked, and I, I, I wasn't got given names as I should not be given names. Uh, but where is this? Okay, I have some. Uh, things here, and I'll try and be discreet about saying it, but there are people who, who were coaching at current IPF World Championships who are still current USAPL lifters and meet directors. There were people who've lifted at IPF World Championships who are current USAPL referees and meet directors. Um, there are current head coaches of IPF teams who are currently coaching in USAPL. Yeah, that's just some of the the, the ones I've I've got. Okay. Of Rondell, Rondell gets suspended, even though he there was no uh, affiliate that he could be a part of for three years. But uh, US has this really cool standard where you can kind of just go back and forth and you don't get suspended. I, I you, you, you know what I think that is. I think it's because PLA kind of needs to make some ex- exceptions because they won't have athletes switch over other than that. Like yeah. they need, oh, they need. Oh, for sure. 100%. Oh, 100%. They, they would 100%. die. If Flex wasn't yeah. allowed to coach in PLA, Powerlifting America would not have a federation. Yeah. Like, the, the, he, it, he pretty much took on that entire, like, minus, you know, Taylor Atwood and, and, and a few other lifters. Like, most of the representatives were Flex. So, it, they need to, yeah, they do need to make those exceptions, but it's. I understand it. It just if there's rules in place, there's rules in place. And that's it's more so like this is kind of the this is my disagreement with the rules because you are kind of halting the growth. I do like in typical two white life fashion, we're talking about something awesome that Bryce Lewis is trying to do, and then we immediately went to negativity. We're immediately like, Yeah, but this back, is what back, else sucks. Back, yeah, back that's this, how it's that back three just three sixty. Back to positivity. Yeah. Lifter rating. Well, 
Yeah. <laughs> so that's one way to make people forget. Lifter rating. Haven't done one of these in a while. Haven't had an interview in a while. Um, 1 to 99, what you rate yourself on all three lifts. Um, then we give you an overall. So on squats. And it's, and it's a caveat. It's your weight class, which we'll call that the 264 or 275 weight class, drug tested. That's who you're comparing to. Okay. Um, so squat, I will go 97. Uh, bench, I will go 99. And deadlift, I will go 99. Let's see real quick. My squat will soon be 99. But, but yeah. All right, what do you got, Steve? So 97, 99, and what did you say for deadlift? 99. Okay, I can. I if you want my, I mean, obviously these are these are the lifters' ratings, not ours. Squat spot on. Squat. If we're looking all time in this class, you are eighth. Um, I mean, really, we're talking about Kurt Kowalski and Dennis Cornelius being the main ones ahead of you. So, I mean, you're right on. Ninety seven is about where it's at. Deadlift. The fact of the matter is, is I don't think the deadlift you have done in competition is. Uh, actual what you can deadlift because you kind of you went for that what 881 was it yeah 881 at, I mean you could have hit 850 something which would have put you number one all time so I agree 99 the only one I'll give you a little kickback on is bench I got you I got you ninth all time on bench you're about 50 you're you're 60 pounds off the all time best on bench the all time best on bench is that the Jason Mike uh, Ruben Sanchez Okay. Ruby Tuesday. Uh, well, because, so he competed in NASA. It's considered fully drug tested. Let's go. USAPL Joseph Amendola 584. Yeah. I, I was just going on anecdotal like feeling because I feel like my. Oh, I know. I'm the analytics data guy who's a dick and then has to pull out open power lifting. So I'm saying, yeah. so I, 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 would probably, I would personally say 97, 97, 99. That would be mine. Yeah. Which he'll, what, what, would, what would that give me overall? Like a 98? 98? I don't think we need to do math on that one. It will <laughs> it will piss you off because Atwood was the only 99 overall rated lifter. And John Hack. So you would be just behind him. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. Like, at, at the Arnold, I will change that reason. All right. Sure. Boom. Uh, and we're we gonna put, put, we'll, we put in the caption, second to only Taylor Atwood on the post <laughs> we make. No, I was gonna put the quote. I was gonna put the quote from the show by the Arnold. This will be a ninety-nine rating. So, Wait. all right, that's perfect. He has it like if if I pull nine hundred at the Arnold, does that give me like a hundred on one or something? I think we no, can make that. Only goes. No, hold on, because remember, I, I always go back to this. Devin Hester, Madden, only guy with a hundred speed. No one was ranked 100, but he did something. I mean, he was the best returner of all time. Do we make an exception for the first? I would put Dan Grisby as 100 deadlift. I agree there. I, I can see that. It's got to be It's got to be all time. It's, it, still does, it's, it still doesn't make the overall in 100, oh, no. though, because the overall could still cap out at 99 because the average of it. But you get that, you get that accolade. Devin Hester, I'm, I'm still talking see. about it. He's not even in the Hall of Fame, but people are like, I'm, I'm, only guy I'm, I'm mad at have 100 up. rating. Our 100 speed rating. It was funny because it's getting there because we got we got Mark Henry having done 903. Uh, obviously, he was 405 pounds though. 
But if we're talking USAPL, IPF, highest ever, Jesus currently 887. So yeah, it's getting there. It's getting there. Fucking Mark we, Henry. We could debate that. Good that would Lord. be a fun debate if, if, we, could, if we could get him 100 for a 900. If you, if you, I, I, if you go above Mark Henry, yes, you're getting 100. I would say 920 plus is for sure 100. Jesus Christ. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking. We're talking. Devin Hester's the only one to ever in the history of Madden get a hundred rating on. Well, anything. yeah, but so I mean, gotta, he just—he didn't even have the record at that point. He—he he, he broke the record for most returns in a season. But good lord, you're talking about breaking a record by fifteen pounds. Yeah, look at what Hester did. He broke the record. But, I mean, he destroyed every. Cordell Patterson just broke it Turner. on kick returns. So there's that. <laughs> Little, little little side debate there for football. I, I don't know. I would say if you go if you go if you go a pound more than Mark Henry, you are absolutely getting a nod from me. And I have the so password login. And I get the password login, so it doesn't really matter what Steve says. Like I I I post the shit, so so Steve can be in disagreement all, right. all he wants. Nine oh four then gets you hundred deadlifts. All right. I, I would say nine hundred just because, but whatever. Well, we'll we'll put that number there. Good. I'll get I'll get Mark Henry on the show and give him a hundred hundred deadlift training. <laughs> Mark Henry, if you're I listening, think, come on the show. Based on my projected numbers, I think nine oh four would be what I need to um to beat Taylor's ducks. But we'll see how uh, how your training goes and everything like that. Alright. Well I'm very excited to see it. I'm very excited to see you get back on the platform. Um, this was an awesome interview. We're, we're, we haven't done interviews in a while, and that's because we're very selective with who we have on and as far as like the coverage of the sport goes. And I'm very happy that we got you on. It was good to hear, you know, one of your thoughts on your situation, but two, get some of the insight you have as a lifter and as a coach. Um, good luck to you. Uh, like I said, can't wait to see you compete. And um, for our two White Lights fans, we'll see you guys uh, shortly with the Virginia Pro recap and also the Two White Lights Awards. Be ready for that. One of our favorite shows of the year, the Two White Lights Award episode. We might have to make um, a separate award. Who got screwed over by a federation more? And then just give the award <laughs> to Well, we, to After Rondo. this episode, too, we might have a new Two White Lights Biggest Hater of the Year award person to add in. We, we pissed someone off enough. Possibly. There's there's two or three people in this episode alone that we, we could have possibly done that too, which more the merrier. We need we'll spread pos- if it's if it's bad, then we'll make it good, we'll make it great, and we'll spread the positivity. Spread the positivity. Good is good. <laughs> All right. On that note, we'll see you guys soon. Peace.